Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Welcome back to Leftover. This is Arjun, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, uh, none other than Laura, who many of you know as Freezy Doritos of Twitter. How are you doing? Thanks uh, so much for joining. Please, Dorito was my father. Call me Freezy. Um, I am doing <laughs> pretty well. It is a very topical podcast for me because I am holed up in an office in my software development job right now sneaking and recording this instead of working so pretty chilly uh, pretty excited on, on company time as well <laughs> on company time with like big tech money so this is very you're you're actually subverting the system from within uh, and we we can only we can live in the uh, dream. Absolutely, you know we can only we can only commend such behavior and encourage it on this podcast. Absolutely, uh, everyone else should also be recording podcasts while on company time if they're able to. <laughs> uh, no, we are. This is an episode I've been wanting to do for a long time, and we've finally gotten around to it. We're talking about something that's very near and dear to me. Uh, something that I tend to do a lot of the time when I'm actually not recording this podcast because uh, it's easier to do than to actually face this increasingly bleak and uh, desperate world. Uh, and that is video games. Um, video games is... Uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating industry. It's a fascinating uh, hobby and, uh, you know, something that, you know, understandably maybe puts a lot of people off. Um, but at the same time, it is, I think, something definitely worth discussing, even if you're not necessarily... a quote-unquote gamer yourself um it is uh, i think uh, an, an industry that that is reflective of many of the problems within capitalism in general uh but also it is also reflective of many of the the sort of culture war topics that we've seen in recent times how can in many ways also be traced back to uh you know discussions and 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 d debates that have happened within the gaming community uh, before it kind of spread to the mainstream. Um, so I think um, something that, that, that that's happened recently, which I think is also always sort of worth talking about, um, and, and I think has caught quite a few headlines, uh, is, of course, the dissolution of the Zaum Cultural Association. Um, not to be um, not to be confused with the Zaum uh company i believe uh which is uh the actual company which uh is behind which which owns the rights to disco elysium one of the big indie hits of recent years um but uh yeah the the artist collective which was behind it has uh, recently dissolved uh and three of the the lead creators creative people behind uh disco elysium have have left uh and have have left since since quite a while already um there have been you know multiple conflicting uh 
uh, accounts of what has actually happened there. But all in all, it's uh, it's it's a pretty tragic situation given, especially the nature of the game Disco Elysium. Uh, you know, which is um, I mean, you you said you haven't played it yourself, have you, Laura? I have not. Please tell me about this game. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a fascinating game because I mean it it came out of Estonia, um, and I think that like that that in itself is like really plays a big part of it because it's it's set in this world where there was this failed communist revolution maybe like fifty years before. Um, it's been a while since I played it, so I'm probably gonna get some of the details wrong. Our listeners listening might might be very angry listening to some of this stuff, but. Um, it's uh, you. You play as a detective who wakes up from an absolutely unbelievable hangover, which is so bad that he can't even remember his name. Uh, and um, this entire game is kind of plays like an isometric uh, RPG, kind of similar to like old school uh, CRPGs like Baldur's Gate and, and and whatnot. Like it's got this kind of top down perspective. Uh, this incredible art style. I mean, genuinely, like probably the most beautiful, unique art style I've seen in any game. Um, and uh, you play as this detective, uh, you know, it, like there is this bigger story about like this murder that you're trying to solve, but but essentially you're kind of like trying to also work out who you are yourself as well. Um, and the entire game is kind of based on dialogue. It's There's no kind of conventional uh, mechanics like combat and things like that. Uh, and it's very deeply political. I mean, it's 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 a very scathing critique of capitalism. Um, it's It's got this real sort of longing uh, and um, sort of melancholy and 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 sadness about the fail the, about the failed revolutions of communism of the twentieth century. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a, like, it's an absolute work of, work of genius. I mean, like, I highly recommend it to, to you. And it's, it's, it, like, Disco Elysium would be one of those games. It's, you know, you're always looking for that game to, to show to people who don't play games, right? You know, so I think Disco Elysium would be one of those games that I think, like, if you just like good storytelling, if you just like good writing or beautiful art, like, it's, a really incredible piece of work. Um, and, of course, in a story which could be a story from within Disco Elysium itself, or from the world of Disco Elysium itself, these, um, like, communist uh, game developers who uh, created an art collective to make this game uh, eventually get forced out by the money men and uh, the, the the game itself becomes such a huge success um, that, that the, the, the people behind it eventually get forced out and um, and now they're like the the studio has been putting out ads for people that they're like they're, they're hiring people for um, the live service and uh, constant um, microtransaction kind of models and things like that and it's just it's incredible to see that like coming from from a game like this honestly and it's um yeah i don't know like have you sort of read anything about this this, this story yourself as well uh, in in the last couple of weeks that it's been happening i was i was wary of the tweets but uh the whole story especially yeah. the studios yeah. switching to live service it's gonna i want to say disappointing but almost expected given the, given like they already have a reputation they are they're gonna go for the money it's it's wild 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's this quote that's been kind of um, doing the rounds on social media from one of the characters from within the game. And I'm just going to pull this up. Um, and she is basically this... Um, um, she is basically this, like, corporate uh spokesperson for for the company she's like really cold and like doesn't really she's kind of like uh, 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 she even like looks a little bit like margaret thatcher <laughs> but, um but uh i'm just trying to pull up the quote where is it um one may dye their hair green and wear their grandma's coat all they want. Capital has the ability to subsume all critiques into itself, even those who would critique Capital and end up reinforcing it instead. And this is a, a, a character, you know, I mean, this, this game is incredibly on the nose uh, uh, about, its, uh, about its themes. Um, and... Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty incredible that this has happened, and it's it's really sad um, because, you know, like all of these writers and artists have been all replaced by British and Americans, which once again, like these these I'm sure they're very talented people, but like like the fact that I mean this came out of Estonia, like Estonia doesn't have a big games industry. Do you know what I mean? Like there's only one other game studio before Zaum. Uh, and like the the this game is incredibly unique because of where it comes from, um, and this kind of like the, the, this flattening quality, quality of, of global, global capital, capital, you know, like, like the, the fact, fact that it kind of, kind of like makes, makes everything, everything into, into the, the same, same. Um, um, and, and it's, it's just it's just really sad, but also like you were saying, you know, like predictable given uh, uh, how. How, how this kind of this, this stuff works, works particularly within, within video games, games right? right. Um, um, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like like, like any, any other industry that, that exists under capitalism, capitalism video, video games is going to, uh, you know, reflect some of its very yeah, worst tendencies. tendencies. And I think because gaming is a relatively new industry, um, similar to tech, um, and there's many like there, 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 there's there, there's far fewer regulations. Uh, or, you know, you like, know, like precedent, precedent uh, behind, behind it, it, that there's so, so much shit that, that they, they get away with, with which, you know, when you... Like, like if, if, if the wider public, public was aware of it, I mean, it, 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 it just seems absolutely crazy. crazy. Um, I mean, like, one of the, one of the uh, you know, most, most common occurrences in recent years has been, like, these big stories every single year. There's going to be a big, hyped... Big budget, big budget AAA, AAA release, release uh, which, which is going, going to be released, released completely, completely unfinished, unfinished full, full of bugs. bugs. Uh, it's going, going to like have half its content locked away behind <laughs> microtransactions. Um, like uh, this has happened with uh, Cyberpunk 2077. That was obviously like the really big one uh, two years ago. Uh, but but almost every year, like. Uh, Anthem, uh, like Fallout seventy six, like forgot uh, Battlefront two, um, like uh, you know No Man's Sky, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I love Bioware. You know, I grew up playing Bioware games, like Baldur's Gate and and Neverwinter Nights and stuff. Like those were like really like. Uh, th those were games like really like central to my childhood. Oh my god! Know? Oh my god! Honestly, <laughs> and it's really sad uh, to see like again like. <laughs> and honestly, if I may interject, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, I was yeah, so yeah, sad please. that gamers hated it because it had hair colors or some <laughs> shit. Like that was not the problem with the game. It was rushed 
there was very little depth to the world and it was it was so clearly yeah. inspired by the whole like yeah, collectathon yeah, yeah. thing that Zelda started and it was just not a good Mass Effect game but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so sad that people hated on it for the wrong reasons you know yeah yeah that I mean that and that tends to happen right I mean like as soon as you have a woman protagonist, that means it's feminism. <laughs> that means it's feminism ruining video games. Uh, it's it's like it, the narrative really is that simple sometimes. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, when it comes to like the kind of like I, I mean the equivalent of something like this you know like is, is is a film releasing and like half its content is missing or you know like the projector is playing and then like it just breaks like you know like it's just it, it starts stuttering halfway through it's like not edited properly or something like that you know like I mean it's literally and and people are paying lots and lots of money for this stuff funny you said that because I think something I'm saying in the industry right now is that a lot, a lot of the practices of gaming that we have seen over the last 20 years, they are steadily coming to yeah. film and television. Like, if you look at the shit that uh, uh, Warner Bros. Discovery or Discovery Warner Bros. has pulled with mm. with Batgirl and cancelling shows just because they were a tax write-off, that was tragic as well. But also the fragmentation, yeah, 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 how yeah. everybody's doing their own little content silos. It is very, very reminiscent of the old Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo times from high school, except now it's like, do you have HBO Max or do you have Netflix? Oh, totally, totally. And and also kind of more broadly, like there's just like this gamification of everything, right? And like, like you, you have this kind of, uh, you know, everything is... Um, Everything is rated in stars and everything, you know, like everything feels like it's it's a sort of, um, you know, competition in, in, in some way or another. And and everything is like you're, you're plugged into the social network of leaderboards and, and things like that. You know, like as soon as you're, uh, you know, in, integrated into like some sort of like neural network or something like that I don't know like I'm, I'm just putting out words out of my ass at this point but uh, but like but no but 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 like the 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 sort of the way that like particularly like mobile games because I mean video games is a massive industry I mean in 2022 the my market is projected to hit 222 billion in consumer spending. That's, I mean, that's insane. Uh, and out of that, like nearly half of it is is mobile games. Yeah. And like mobile, I, I think like for a lot of people who, uh, you know, play like, like PC and, 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 and console games, like they don't, I think, realize just like, how massive the mobile games industry actually is and and it's way bigger than everything else basically and the practices from within mobile games have basically ended up infiltrating not just you know like the the, the rest of the games industry such as you know microtransactions and free-to-play models and things like that but also um i mean the, the the way that they use these kind of psychological tricks to kind of get people hooked on these cycles right uh and and to get them like keep playing to keep returning to the app um to to, to be, because they're essentially making money for the, the company by you know constantly purchasing this stuff and they're they're being like they they, they feel 
compelled to buy this stuff because otherwise, you know, they're, they're going to fall behind on their game or, you know, otherwise the grind is way too long and they don't have enough time. Um, and it's just little amounts of money which all adds up massively in the end. So, you know, like these practices, like they're massively exported to other industries as well, other parts of tech. It might not be, I think video games make this very obvious because it's something that we expose to players, but a lot of things have become about data. Uh, I think when we started building virtual spaces, and just to be clear, I mean websites, I don't mean the metaverse, I mean actual websites, uh, mm. the, amount, the sheer amount yeah. of data collection and information gathering that we had on websites since day one was so vast yeah. and wild like we knew exactly how many people were visiting mm -hmm. we knew exactly what they were doing mm -hmm. and by we i mean website yeah, exactly. creators not meta the company although meta the company as well as a website creator and i think um you see that on games we are very much uh weaponizing sort of this data uh for for the players like you see this with achievements you see this, yeah. you see this with stats and something interesting a propos exactly. of nothing is that you're starting to see this come to physical places. Like I was on the, at the airport last week and I had a little quiz uh -huh. leaving the bathroom about how happy I was with the clean, cleanliness of the place. And I mean, I came yeah. in the happiest smiling face <laughs> because I won't be able to yeah, get bonuses, yeah. but it was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was like, what the hell? Yeah, 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 I know, I know. And yeah, like then you realize that people's actual livelihoods are going to be tied to these ratings you know and uh and it's 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 actually like crazy when you think about it and and also there's data gathering right i mean if you understand video games it's a very curated designed process uh, experience right it's a very um uh, like it's the equivalent of going to like i mean trying to kind of explain video games to someone that's like never played a video game before or at least like in a, in a sort of like conceptual way i would say it's like closest to like a guided exhibition tour right you know like i mean it's 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 a very curated experience and it has been designed by the 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 developers in a particular way and they also design it knowing what the players are going to do right and uh that they, they they know this stuff either through like data collection or just like sort of years by now of like games uh games development practices and so on uh but but yeah essentially like these these practices which you you're, you're saying you know are also coming into the, the the physical spaces uh but but definitely like the virtual ones as well outside of gaming uh it's 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 very similar in that way you know in in the sense that like there's a very um guided curated sort of path that you're being led down um and a lot of this stuff is happening really subconsciously i think you know like and and i think like um yeah i think i think it's just like important to, to to be aware of it and i think if you if you play video games a lot i think i think you can kind of like pick up these um these 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 tricks sometimes i don't know if that makes any sense um but i mean in terms of like the right right i mean does does that does that sort of track for you a, a little bit yeah i think i remember this webcomic um i don't know i don't know if our audience will be this this young but there was this racing game for the ps3 xbox 360 called blur blur it's a very hard word to pronounce bear uh -huh. with me is when things are blurry. Um, 
that basically whenever you would end the race, you would see a lot of bars filling up, your level filling up, your experience with that car filling up. It was like incredibly over the top. And this has kind of become normal. A lot of video games have become about filling bars because that's a pattern that works. People like to feel progress yeah, towards yeah, something. Yeah. But exactly. it's one of those things where maybe we have overdone it. And there are some way smarter than I YouTubers uh, going on about intrinsic versus extrinsic rewards. And this is actually probably uh, why Breath of the Wild was so well received because Breath of the Wild, very much like mm -hmm. the a bit like this, uh, like the Souls games, they tend to yeah. hide these systems. They are actually I'm making mm -hmm. massive air quotes. They are actually poorly designed by modern video game standards, but mm -hmm. it works really well for them because they actually without relying on those on those helps to engage the players, they have to come up with other ways of engaging the players, like new world elements or combat or stuff like that. This is coming from somebody who doesn't like the Souls games, by the way, so I'm trying to be <laughs> very nice to them. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm a massive, massive Souls nerd, but... Uh, the, um, it's just too hard, man. I mean, I, I totally, like... <laughs> <laughs> but um no i mean i, I um in terms of like this the lack of hand holding which is oftentimes a phrase that's associated with these games um and like the fact that they are quote unquote like you know poorly designed by modern standards but like that's kind of the whole point um is that yeah. even then the games are designed so cleverly and 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 it's done in such a such a deliberate and you know curated way that you are meant to engage with the systems because of the way that the world is designed and because of the way that the encounters are designed and the way that you know you the, the progression is kind of tied into um you know your 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 play experience um so you know even even then, like that's what I'm saying. Like even even in those kinds of games, like and and obviously like they they've been a, a like hugely hugely praised. I mean like Breath of the Wild in uh, in 2017 and and then Elden Ring, which came out this year, has been like a sort of runaway success. Um, and they've often been praised for this stuff, but like at the end of the day, they they are also very curated experiences, you know, like similar to this. And you can kind of like you can kind of like see sometimes like when you when you play games a lot, you can kind of like see the the mechanisms working underneath, like which are kind of like guiding like guiding you as a player. Um, it, it's like it's almost like the, the game knows what you're going to do and is like one step ahead of you, basically, right? <laughs> sort of moving on as well in terms of um like really fucked up practices within the gaming industry i mean it's not just microtransactions it's not just the fact that uh you know especially like the free to play model uh which which really kind of proliferated microtransactions but now they're you know also in like full price games that people buy uh you know like you'll still have to like unlock a huge amount of content and people will sometimes say yeah it's optional you don't have to do it but like just the fact that it's in there will mean that people will do it and i think it's just yeah it's just it's it's obviously like really shitty practices and it's done in ways to sort of get people hooked uh essentially uh as well but 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 also other than that i mean um much wider abusive practices within the gaming industry uh i mean in recent years uh so, sorry um 
yeah, it's, it's especially in the last like sort of two years, I would say, uh, sort of post COVID, um, like a couple of the really big cases which have come out have been against Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard, two of the biggest gaming companies in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, cases of, uh, like sexual abuse towards women, uh, and then cover-ups as well. And just general sort of like frat culture, like sh shitty practices, like really toxic work environments, really male dominated work environments as well. Um, and I mean, I guess is, is it like, would you say it's, it's a sort of uh to to whatever extent you sort of feel at liberty to say like i mean at least um like would you at, at least in terms of like the male dominated side of things like it's it's not just a problem within games right i mean it's that that's a problem within the tech sector more broadly would you say i will admit you are asking the person who brought nerf guns to her office Having that said, <laughs> they are great in one-on-ones with my boss, especially if I'm the one holding the gun. Uh, uh, no, especially, you know, it's no secret that tech has a diversity problem. And personally, mm -hmm. I'm more in the software development field. I am seeing great people doing efforts to improve representation there. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a similar enough effort happening in the games industry. And I think the best comparison you can make right now is that uh, a big talking point from Microsoft about the Activision buyout is that they are automatically going to improve Activision's culture just because they're going to become Microsoft, which honestly I believe because I feel like big tech, so to say, has been scrutinized by this in the last 10 years in a very positive way. That, hel that helped us to drive positive change in a way that video games, maybe not yet. The second part is that... So you think tech is like, the big, big, big tech is like in some ways like us uh, one, one step ahead on this, on this uh, spectrum? I want to say yes. Uh, then again, I might be biased. But if you look at, yeah, if you look sure. at all the... And some, I mean, and some of this is uh, what the gamer gators were complaining about. If you look at all the diversity funding we pull, if you look at all the yeah. efforts we make to build in inclusive workplaces, there's just so much that companies are doing above regular operation operational stuff to attract more diverse talent, which is supposed to be better for business. But more importantly, it means that we have a 10-year head start in having been putting in the work to make this happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, like, that was the whole, like, Google memo <laughs> back in, what was it, like... Okay, maybe five-year head start. Right? Shit, I forgot about uh, that memo. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's, that's, that's nearly 10 years now, I think, at this point, right? Uh, and... Um, and I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, like you can, you can definitely tell. And like, I mean, some like diversity practices are also like, I think you would also admit like quite cynical and like quite like, yep, not necessarily, yeah, not necessarily, you know, like contributing to like wider notions of justice per se. But at the same time, I mean, um, it is, it is, it is, um, 
uh, at least you know superficially at least you know like further ahead than 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 gaming you're you're absolutely right i think that that definitely tracks and um and i think yeah like some of the some of the big cases that have been brought up against uh ubisoft and activision blizzard in particular in the last couple of years uh have have really highlighted this i mean uh you know like multiple cases of um uh employees particularly female or gender non conforming employees have come out to to speak up about harassment and and assault and um yeah, it's just there's just been a culture of cover-ups, um, like really pervasive frat boy culture, particularly in Activision Blizzard, um, and uh, initially Activision Blizzard denied the allegations. Um, saying that we cannot let egregious actions of others in a truly meritless lawsuit damage our culture of respect and equality, uh, equal opportunities for all employees. And uh, the the person who um, put out this statement, this spokesperson, compliance officer for Activision Blizzard, was... Um, uh, she used to actually work for Homeland Security under George W. Bush. She was a, uh, a, an enhanced interrogation um, um, supporter. So, uh, yeah, she's recently been let go uh, by Activision Blizzard as well. So that's 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 interesting. Um, but, yeah, like, genuinely, some, some really terrible people work at these companies. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, like, like the, this stuff has had really horrendous consequences as well i mean particularly like one um one activision blizzard employee took her own life while on a business trip uh um, after a, a male colleague that she'd been um she'd been uh, with with a male colleague after she'd been su subjected to intense sexual harassment and her new photos had actually been passed around by uh employees on a company uh holiday party so like really really horrendous kind of stuff as well has has happened as a as a consequence of this and and just like the number of lives that have been that have been ruined by by these people in power and they've had absolutely no accountability whatsoever i mean uh bobby kotick is still the head of activision blizzard eve gilmo is still the head of ubisoft uh you know like these like corporate fat cats who've like come out and given nothing statements and have said oh yeah we're of course going to change the culture uh within these companies and yeah like nothing has really happened um obviously like you were saying the the, the with the microsoft buyout there might just by default be a change of culture within there but even then like so far we haven't really seen that uh and we haven't really seen any um any like definitive um signs that that's happening either at least from what i've what i've seen um and and it's not just these kinds of practices either i mean it's it's like really exploitative labor practices um uh particularly obviously crunch which has been in you know like in the discourse quite a lot in recent years as well uh some of the most highly acclaimed companies like naughty dog um even my 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 very dear from software uh but yeah also like bioware uh cd project red um yeah like like really consistent stories of of employees being asked to work really long hours particularly in the sort of stretch leading up to the release of a game um and usually this comes down to bad management ultimately right you know because there are some studios which have like particularly like some some of the smaller studios like um i think supergiant um who made hades i believe um like they have like a like a full-on no crunch policy uh there's some other companies which have like made a very concerted effort to like 
to tackle this culture as well. But like this is obviously like a culture which is like which has been very pervasive within the the games industry, and and oftentimes, um, you know. Uh, like companies will get away with saying that yeah no 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 one's forced to do it but like it's just you know oh you'll lose out on your bonuses if you don't like stay after you know like uh stay stay for like stupid hours like do 70 hour weeks um uh, or longer even uh, and and end up putting like a massive strain on your own mental health or your relationship with your family and so on um, and this has happened, you know, many employees have spoken up about this stuff. And, um, again, every time there's like these, these stories come up, these studios come out and say, yeah, we're tackling it. We're going to make sure that it doesn't happen. Um, CDPR very famously said that in the lead up to Cyberpunk 2077, but obviously that release was like just the biggest nuclear disaster <laughs> imaginable. Um, if I sure, can, yeah. de- if I can defend my beloved twenty seventy seven, it has issues with transphobia. <laughs> it has issues with transphobia, uh, which I want to say it has issues with just continental European language embedded within the game or the transphobia, if I may say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but also, I mean, uh, Europeans are pretty problematic. Let's be honest. <laughs> yep. By the way, I don't think we covered this in the intro. Spanish. So trust me, I, I, I can bitch about that. Sorry, Carrie. But, <laughs> um, but I just want to say I was one of the few lucky people that had, uh, in my case, an Xbox Series X. The game ran fine. It was, I mean, sure, some, sometimes people were uh-huh. T-posing, but uh-huh. maybe that's just what people do in, in 2077. Maybe we're, they were doing TikToks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing TikTok challenges. Um, no, I, I mean, from like, I, I mean, I I gave it a very quick run on uh, a, a PS4 Slim just to see how bad it ran on a PS4 Slim, and it was it was hilarious. Um, it, it was it was very funny, uh, and I mean, let's be honest, the game should have never been released on like last gen consoles, it, but it was originally being developed for last gen consoles, and then last minute it got it got changed. Like in the last year, it got changed. They said it was going to be like a cross gen thing. So yeah, like there's just so many things that went wrong with this game, and and in a way it's also like like the fact that it's about cyberpunk um about these like you know big like tech corporations in a sort of dystopian future setting um kind of yeah like exploiting its workers and the consumers and then running away with the money like it's it's just like and especially like a a company like cdpr which had like incredible amounts of goodwill within the uh gaming community after the release of the witcher 3 um which is yeah like one of the most highly acclaimed games of all time um and the hype for this game was absolutely unreal and that's what kind of made the fall from grace so sort of spectacular as well. Uh, Sony obviously famously removed the game from its digital storefront for a good couple of months, like which is which is like huge for a for a you know game of that size. Um, but just through pre-orders alone, like they'd already kind of like made enormous amounts of profit, so it didn't really matter. And supposedly by now the game has made a bit of a comeback. Um, Especially because there's been a um, 
an anime on Netflix, uh, which I think has like uh, um, revived some interest in cyberpunk. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I haven't touched it since it came out. Maybe I'll give it a go at some point. Uh, but um, but but I think what's more interesting about cyberpunk than the game itself is just the story of what happened with the launch and with the release. And uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just really reflective of like just just so many of the disasters within the gaming industry um over the, over the last years um and just briefly something i want to touch on before we wrap things up as well um gamers about uh yeah because uh you know as 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 i sort of mentioned earlier in terms of like a lot of the cuz I, I mean i genuinely do hold the belief that like everything is gamergate like every everything that is driving us crazy about these culture war stuff, about the culture war stuff, which we see like ad nauseum on every fucking headline at the moment, um, about wokeness and about, uh, you know, uh, the hundred different genders and whatnot. Like all of this, you can like trace it back to the stuff that started around Gamergate in 2014. And it's crazy to think that it's nearly been a decade <laughs> since Gamergate started. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's... Uh, w w like, do, w like, do you think that, that gamers should have rights, Laura? Hmm, that's a very tricky question indeed. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the simple answer. I think that's the correct answer you know, as well. <laughs> honestly, you know how in the UK, um, if you buy a TV, they rat you out to the TV license? They should do the same if you buy a console or a, yeah. or a NVIDIA card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be on a, on a watch list, at least. <laughs> no, it really... Um, it was... No, I mean, it's... I'm going to be honest. Yeah, sorry, carry on. It was 10 years ago. I was eight year when this happened. And in fact, I think it got, it got so, so over the top that it made me reconsider my politics. I'm afraid to say that Gamergate was, I think it was the time where a lot of people in my generation, so um, about to hit 30 right now, started to really develop uh -huh. a sense of politics for the most part. Um, yeah. For me, yeah. at the very least, it eventually swayed me to the to the left. It swayed me to the right to the not to the right side, meaning the left. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, and I think I think it's um, yeah. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Sorry. Yeah, no, so basically, I was a teenage gamer gator for like two months, and then it was like, wow, no, wait, no, these people are uh, these people are really not on my side. They're not arguing about the same things, are they? It's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like like how Mass Effect Andromeda was uninspired, but that was about it. It wasn't woke, it wasn't anything else. It was just, it could have been better, I guess, as a game. For anyone, you you know, who, who might need a bit of a, a recap of what happened with Gamergate. I mean, it started with this blog post by the jilted boyfriend of uh, uh, games developer Zoe Quinn, uh, who wrote this blog post just going off on a rant. I mean, he was just clearly hurt because he'd been dumped. Uh, and then he just, like, started making accusations about... 
uh, about Zoe Quinn, about um, how her game uh, Depression Quest, which was like a bit of an indie darling at the time, um, had gained uh, critical praise because she'd had an affair with a, a, a journalist. And like, I mean, obviously, like this stuff was just so loaded in like what eventually became like incel shit. And it just it was so loaded with like, yeah, just like deeply misogynist uh, sort of underlying assumptions uh, but it really became like a rallying cry for like an entire generation especially of young men games journalism exactly you know and like yeah like ethics in all journalism is fucked that's true like of course like a lot of games journalism is just glorified pr like sure it is you know but that's not what this was ever about i mean it was about like people sending death threats to women within the games industry like like her horrendous shit like Anita Sarkeesian obviously became like the one of the main targets uh but also like Brianna Wu and, and, and Zoe Quinn herself as well um you know like any uh like Anita Sarkeesian you know who's doing like really like very basic uh you know uh, pop culture analysis of like tropes within video games and like you know it's it's like very unoffensive stuff and it's like these people who will say like take video games seriously as an art form and then people do take it seriously as an art form and critique it like an art form and then they get they get really mad and they say no now you're bringing politics into 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 my toys you know like you're bringing polit you're you know you're making everything political uh, as people say you know like in in video games there's two genders there's male and then there's political you know <laughs> so <laughs> It's uh, oftentimes it's that that this is this is really the kind of thing that you see, um, and and this has been like continuing since then. I mean, whether the fact that many of the cheerleaders of like the Trump campaign, like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and Mike Cernovich and stuff, like they sort of first made a name for themselves from Gamergate, and then you know like uh the the what was known as like anti sjw stuff has kind of like become like anti woke stuff these days um but like you know even up until now like you know like a couple of years ago like the release of the last of us 2 that was mired in controversy because the script got leaked and everyone assumed that you uh played a a trans character because because yeah like there was clips of a, a woman who was quite muscular and they were just incredibly mad about this. And it turns out to be the other person. It was like, and there was, there is a trans character in the, there is a trans character in, in the last of us too. And it's, it's a trans man. And, and it's like, it's, it's, it's totally different. You don't play as him. Um, but like, but the, um, but but the woman, the muscular woman, Abby, that you play as, she's a cis woman. She's just got muscles, you know? And, like, these people were just, like, incredibly upset. And they just, they, they were convinced that this is the worst game of all time because of this. And I think there are, like, like genuine valid critiques of The Last of Us 2. I really liked it, personally. But I, I think there are definitely valid critiques of The Last of Us 2. But, like, these people just got, like, so mad before the game even came out. And they started, like, review bombing it before it even releases. And before they've even played it. And, and... It's just like you see this time and time and time again of like gamers having these collective tantrums, right? Like anytime something comes along. And it's not just gamers, I mean it's also like Star Wars fans. I mean it's like fand fandoms in general. Like there's like a huge problem of like entitlement. I think that's that's the word that you used earlier, right? Um earlier, right. And as you say, um, it moved on to broader politics and it has probably moved on to broader fandom. And if anything I am happy that companies like Disney, for example, 
simply do not listen to fans as much. Like Star Wars got Star Wars is is in a very good run right now with a lot of female leads, and they're just carrying on with that. They don't give a shit about the fans, and I love that. Fans are to an extent conservative. Fans saw something. They saw some. They saw. They saw Star Wars as kids. They, if they change Star Wars, it's like yeah. they're changing their childhood and they want to go back to their childhood. And it's like, no, let things move on. I mean, Alan Moore, the creator, the, the writer of, uh, of Watchmen and uh, V for Vendetta and From Hell, uh, recently said in an interview, he doesn't give very many, very many interviews, but recently said in an interview that uh, this, um, the, the constant self-infantilization of adults reading uh, comic books and so on uh, is what leads to fascism. And I think I do agree with that. So <laughs> I think that these people, I think that these people, I think that these people need to, um, need to grow up. Uh, but no, but, but it's absolutely right. You know, like, I mean, so much of it just comes down to the fact that like, this is something that they enjoyed as a, as a child and it's, it's being ruined now, you know? And, and if you can understand it as that, like, sure, you can not like something, but then at least kind of accept that for what it is, you know, like, don't, you know, like these people, these people, like then their immediate reflex is, oh, this is, now political this is now woke agenda this is now uh you know lgbt propaganda being forced down our throat or whatnot you know and in that note um i need to get going real soon but uh, i really i really yeah. enjoyed yeah. this year it was actually saints row the reboot and a bit like cyberpunk it is uh -huh. mired by bugs um go buy it at yeah. your at your own <laughs> risk but behind the bugs there's also like for those of you who don't know, the story Saints Row was a Grand Theft Auto San Andreas ripoff that appeared at the start of the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 generation. I think it actually came before the PS3. It had all, literally everything yeah. about Grand Theft Auto. It had the, it had the rusty, the, the distasteful sex jokes. It has the, it had the unrealistic depictions of gangs. It had the very, very wide racial issues. And for 2022, the reboot they have made is, it's trying so hard to not get into any of that. And I fucking love the effort. I think probably like all of that is gone, replaced by uh, millennials who, in fact, the, the, the game starts with them recording a TikTok. And I just love how, how deep they went into basically removing the problematic story of the game, because it's also really fucking fun. These are relatable characters, at least to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's always and and there's also a cat game out right now, which people should also play. Um, Please play straight. <laughs> definitely. No, but I, I I am yeah I am aware of the time and the and the, the <laughs> uh, yeah I am aware of the time that you need to move on as well. But I just yeah I just want to say a, a, a huge thanks for. Uh, coming on today it's been a lot of fun i've uh, really really enjoyed it do you have any uh shout outs to social media before we go where people can find you or anything else free save the retail on twitter it would help me a lot if you start using your facebook accounts again so please do that but mostly follow me on twitter <laughs> and like every single picture of my cat she's my light in this dark dark world
<laughs> no, definitely, absolutely, give Laura a follow. As always, I'm Arjan at Arjanistan on Twitter. Uh, we are at LeftoverPod on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash LeftoverPod. Apologies for the lack of um, a monthly review this last week. I've just been ill and just, yeah, it's just been a lot, but we are going to have our regular two um, uh, Patreon episodes coming out in the next two weeks. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Huge thanks for... for, for would Definitely you say you have been that. crunching on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've been, I've been trying, I've been trying not to, but uh, sometimes the crunch, the crunch gets you, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 yeah. Um, as, as, as always, a, a massive thanks to to Connor for production, to Cardio for the music, to all of you for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Thank you.